NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pot of Fame. The podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not they should get a call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're talking about everything here. Basketball, football, baseball, because we're just wrapping up induction, I would say, month here. You know, over the weekend, the 2023 Basketball Hall of Fame class was inducted. The weekend before that, the 2023 Football Hall of Fame class held their induction ceremony. And about two weeks prior to that, the 2023 Baseball Hall of Fame class was inducted. So over the last four weeks or so, all three Hall of Fames have had their induction ceremonies. So we're not going to talk about the players that recently got inducted for any of them because I've covered a lot of them on this podcast and I've actually covered each of those classes individually on separate podcasts. So if you're looking for that, go back, search it. You can find it in my library podcast. That's where that will be. But today what we're going to do, we're going to look ahead to the 2024 classes for both basketball, I'm sorry, for basketball, football, and baseball. Look at the newcomers coming in the 2024 class. And I'll briefly preview different newcomers of those classes and who I'll probably cover over the next year. But what I'm going to do even more, which I'm excited about here, is I'm going to look at the players who aren't going to warrant a future episode. So the players that are just on the outside of, you know, getting a pot of fame episode in the future. So for example, right? If I look at the newcomers to the 2024 Basketball Hall of Fame class, Vince Carter is one of the newcomers eligible. Tyson Chandler, another newcomer. I'm going to do podcasts on both those guys. I actually have a Vince Carter podcast from way back when. I'll probably redo another one, but those guys are going to warrant episodes. You know who's not going to warrant an episode, but is a newcomer eligible for the Hall of Fame class? Evan Turner. Evan Turner, uh, you know, the second overall pick in the 2010 draft, a career 10-5-4 guy, you know, great triple-double guy during his career, uh, got a huge contract from Portland in his career, not going to get an episode, but I'd love to talk a little about Evan Turner today. So that's what I'm going to do for each class, basketball, football, baseball, 2024. Again, I'm going to preview who's going to get an episode over the next year or so. But then I'm going to dive deeper into the next five out, the first five out, let's call them, like the you know NCAA tournament, five out of getting a Pot of Fame episode. If you follow this podcast, you know I cover a lot of players in this, even players with very fringe chances. So you know I'm going to be going into some really deep cuts when I'm talking about players from each class. So I'm not going to spend all day doing this, uh, but that's what I'm going to do. It's a preview of the 2024 class. But before we get into all of that, I do want to give a quick shout out to all the recent inductees of the last month or so across those three different Hall of Fames and also call out the episode number. If I have done a Pot of Fame episode, what the number of that episode was. So if you want to go back and hear more about this player because they've been in the news lately, you can. So first, let's tackle tackle the basketball uh, 2023 Hall of Fame class because that was just inducted over the weekend. There was 12 inductees as part of the 2023 Basketball Hall of Fame class. Dirk Nowinski got in. That was episode 148 I did. Uh, So go check that out. Dwayne Wade got in. That was episode 151 of Pot of Fame. Tony Parker got in. That was episode 147 of Pot of Fame. 
Paul Gasol got in. That was episode 115 of Pot of Fame. And then also joining them was Greg Popovich, Gene Keedy, Gene Buss, Gene Blair, Jim Valvano, David Hickson, Becky Hammond, and the 1976 women's basketball team. So those are all 12 inductees of the 2023 Basketball Hall of Fame class. Uh, about a week ago, the 2023 Football Hall of Fame class got inducted. There was nine inductees. There was Joe Thomas, which was episode 104 of Pot of Fame. Zach Thomas, who was episode 97 of Pot of Fame. And then Demarcus Ware, Dale Revis, Ken Riley, Joe Klecko, Chuck Howley, Don Carell, and Rondé Barber all got in as well. Definitely left some episodes on the table not doing them of those players, but that's all right. And then the 2023 Baseball Hall of Fame class, which was inducted back in July, only two inductees, of course, Scott Rowland, which goes all the way back to episode five of Pot of Fame. It's probably a rough episode, but episode five, if you want to listen to it. And Fred McGriff, we did episode 134 with Bob Nightingale. Fred McGriff uh, finally gets in the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee. So those are all the recent inductees. Again, 12 basketball, nine football, two baseball. Kind of shows a good breakdown, right, of how, you know, harder, easy it is to get into the Hall of Fame of these respective sports. But those are the new inductees. So congratulations to all of them. And again, go back and listen to those episodes if you want. The great thing about this podcast, right, are the podcasts are evergreen. Even once these players get in, you can go back and listen to their career, their highlights, all that good stuff, which is, again, why I love doing this. These episodes never really get old. So those are the recent inductees. So with that out of the way, let's get to the 2024 new eligible nominee preview for the basketball, baseball, and football Hall of Fame. All right, so I'm going to start with baseball first. So again, what we're doing is previewing the 2024 class and then talking about the next five out of players who I won't do a podcast on. So again, the players I'm doing a podcast on, just to be clear, doesn't mean I think they should be in the Hall of Fame. It's just they definitely warn an episode of Pot of Fame. So for the 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame class, the newly eligible um, players eligible for the Hall of Fame for that 2024 class, we have Adrian Beltre, who, spoiler alert, is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Joe Maurer, Chase Utley. I think those are kind of three headliners, Beltre, Maurer, Utley with Beltre. Again, 3,000 hit club, uh, almost 500 home runs. He's the Hall of Famer. We know this. Uh, but we're still doing an episode on him. And then Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, very interesting cases there. We also have David Wright, who actually I've done a Pot of Fame episode on. He was episode 106. Go check that out. Bartello Cologne, he was episode 159 of Pot of Fame. Go check out that. Check that out. Then other names, the kind of newcomers that are now eligible, Matt Holliday, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Jose Batista, Jose Reyes, Victor Martinez, all newcomers for 2024 who are newly eligible. I'm going to probably try to do podcasts on most of those guys um, in the next year or so. So kind of a lot of good names coming on this list, a lot more plentiful than I would say the newcomers for that 2023 class. So. Who are the next five out who are not going to get Pot of Fame episodes? The first one, the first two actually, really solid careers. Honestly, borderline Pot of Fame guys, but probably won't get to it. If I do, that'd be awesome, but they're going to be no's for me. Let's just put it that way. Uh, first is James Shields, right? Long time 
member of many rotations in MLB baseball. Uh, 30.7 career war. He was a one-time all-star. Won 145 games over his career. 2,234 strikeouts. The 4.01 ERA. You know, when I think of Shields, I just think of an innings eater. Like, he's the epitome of what an innings eater used to be. There's not many in today's game, but this guy was consistently over 200 innings pitched. He led the AL in complete games with 11 and shouts in four, with four in 2011. He pitched 249.1 innings that year uh, for Tampa Bay. That year, too, with Tampa Bay, he finished 16 and 12, 2.82 ERA at 225 strikeouts, finished third in Cy Young. That was by far his best season. But again, his MO was innings eater, and he had nine straight seasons with over 200 innings pitch. I honestly don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Um, he won a game in the 2008 World Series for Tampa, also got traded to the Royals, uh, where he got them to the World Series in 2014, but they didn't lose, or they didn't win, I'm sorry. They got there the next year and won, and he had left the team already. So he never got a World Series title. He's really only a one-time All-Star guy. But this was a guy who, again, year after year was consistently, you know, a good player uh, on whatever team he was playing for, whether it be Tampa Bay or the Royals. He played for the White Sox for a little bit. He was supposed to be, like, I think kind of a good uh, addition. I think they got him midway through the year um, in Chicago and just did not do well. And then his career kind of flamed out. But James Shields, a really good starting pitcher, not Hall of Fame worthy at all, but glad I got to talk about him a little bit today. Uh, Brandon Phillips, another guy who I think just misses a pot of fame episode. He's the second baseman I always really cared about. You know, he came up through Cleveland, but then he had a lot of good years in Cincy. And as a Cubs fan, I saw him a lot in Cincy. Sneaky 2000 hits guy um, as a second baseman, 2029 hits in his career, 211 homers, 951 RBIs which again is really good for a second baseman. Uh, 211 home runs is 15th all-time at second base. He was a three-time all-star, four-time gold glove. Uh, very, very good, you know, glove. Again, gold gloves maybe don't always go to the best second baseman or whoever. 988 fielding percentage for his career. Had some good range. I, I thought he was a pretty damn good second baseman. Um, again, doesn't warrant an episode, but anytime you get over 2,000 hits, you had a pretty good career. Uh, after Shields and Phillips, though, the list kind of drops off considerably. Uh, Chase Headley is going to be eligible in 2024. Uh, he had one really great season. I remember him for the rest of his career, not very memorable. But in 2012, um, he hits 31 homers and 115 RBIs to actually lead the NL. It is at 145 OPS plus for the Padres that he finishes fifth in the MVP race, wins a gold glove, a silver slugger. Um, really great season, but again, the rest of his career, not very notable, but 2012, I, that was the summer I graduated right after I graduated college. I was watching a lot of baseball that summer. He was a big name. I thought he had more like seasons following that were that caliber, but not really at all. So Chase Headley, kind of a, a one-year wonder, a 25.9 career war guy, but he is eligible um, as part of the 2024 class, I imagine he falls off, uh, might not even get a vote, but Headley's kind of one of these next five out. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo, a, a pitcher who I think many of you probably remember, played a lot of time for Milwaukee. Uh, he was a one-time All-Star, 121 wins, 4.06 ERA, 
2010 was by far his best season, won 17 games, 3.52 ERA, 207 strikeouts. He was kind of a strikeout guy. He had four seasons with over 200 strikeouts. Um, but again, just a one-time all-star who was, yeah, a guy who was in the rotation for Milwaukee for a number of years. Again, as a Cubs fan, I remember maybe more than most. Uh, but a decent player, but again, nowhere near the Hall of Fame. And then again, the final guy, and one more time to reiterate, this is the last five out of players I'm even going to cover, so definitely not Hall of Famers here. Really reaching here, but Phil Hughes. I feel like Phil Hughes had a lot of hype behind him being a Yankees pitcher, but really was not good at all um, in the MLB. 88 career wins, 4.52 ERA. He did make the All-Star team in 2010 because he won 18 games that year, but he had a 4.19 ERA. So just a very talented Yankees offense, helping him get to those 18 wins. Now he won a ring with the Yankees in 2009, but he only pitched 1.2 innings in those world series across three games. And he had a 16.20 ERA. Um, Not great. The following year at the Yankees in 2010, that year he made the all-star team. He pitched uh, a few innings in the, uh, ALCS had 11.42 ERA, so not great. Um, Once he left the Yankees, he went to Minnesota, won 16 games with them in 2014, um, and actually finished seventh in the Cy Young that year. But overall, Phil Hughes, again, I feel like this is a name I really knew about. Like Everyone was excited about him being in the Yankees rotation. Really never did too much in his career, but did make an all-star team. And honestly, at the fifth spot of the last five out, He's kind of the best bet I got here. So again, the newcomers to the 2024 Hall of Fame class of eligible players, it's Beltre, Maurer, and Utley at the top with Roy, Cologne, Holiday, Gonzalez, Batista, Reyes, and Martinez. All most likely get episodes, and again, Roy and Cologne have episodes. The next five out just missing episodes, or in Phil Hughes' case, probably really missing an episode. Got James Shields, Brent Phillips, Chase Headley, Giovanni Gallardo and Phil Hughes. All right. So I think you kind of got the hang of what I'm trying to do here today because I might not explain that well in the beginning, but that's kind of the theme of today. So let's move to, let's move to basketball. Let's talk basketball. So the 2024 uh, newly eligible nominees for the 2024 basketball hall of fame class. Vince Carter is by far the headliner. And we did an episode on him way back, episode six. Um, I'd like to do him again with a guest because back in the early days of Pot of Fame, it was kind of just me. Uh, We'll see if I do that, but we do have a Vince Carter episode, episode six, if you want to see that. The other newcomers that will get episodes, definitely not Vince Carter's caliber. Um, We got Tyson Chandler. Kyle Korver is going to get an episode most likely from me, uh, one of the best shooters of all time. Uh, Joakim Noah. And Jamal Crawford. So a lot of former Bulls here. Chicago guy, maybe I'm giving him a little too much love, but that's the best I'm dealing with here. Vince Carter, and then pretty big drop-off, Tyson Chandler, Kyle Korver, Joakim Noah, Jamal Crawford. So you just heard those names. You can only imagine who the next five out are. (laughs) Um, We got some names here. So... First guy I'm going to talk about, Marvin Williams. Yes, that's the first guy I'm talking about the next five out. That's the caliber we're talking here. So Marvin Williams played for a number of teams. 
uh, in the NBA, uh, a career, a career like what, like 10, five, two guy. Uh, I made those up. Uh, I can actually look it up right now, but that's basically the gist of it. He was the number two pick in the 2005 draft. And if you remember, that's the draft with Chris Paul and Darren Williams. Marvin Williams was one of those guys that it was all about potential, right? He played on the 2005 North Carolina national championship team, but famously, right? He came off the bench for them, but his potential was off the charts. And that 2005 team was stacked. So everyone's like, Oh, if he got the minutes, he would have put up big numbers. So he gets drafted number two uh, for the Atlanta uh, Hawks. And the best season he ever gets on the Hawks is his third year on the team. Again, he's only 21 years old at that time. He drops 15 points, game, six boards, two assists. We think he's going to be maybe this great guy, but he never really materializes there. He bounces around to the Hornets, Utah, Milwaukee. Um, I, I finally brought up his page. I almost got it exactly right. Over the course of his career, he averaged 10 points, five boards, one assist for his career. The only accolade he had was he made the all-rookie team in that first season. But he was kind of just a guy who he started a lot of games. I'll put I'll play that. He he played 1072 games in his career, he started 828 games. So he was kind of a starter throughout his career. Over his career, he went from just a swing man who was very athletic to a guy who actually had a pretty good three-point shot, a role guy, scored 10,965 points in his career, but again, was never really flirting with the all-star team. Um was never like a top three, four guy on a team. He was going to be the fifth best guy in your starting lineup. Maybe one of the better guys, you know, off your bench, even though it's apparently he started most of his career. He was always a guy, but not even close to being the guy. Uh, and he was, again, one of these all potential guys that never really materialized. I'm looking at his career highs. Like, did he ever really show off the talent in, in you know, small Spurts, not really. His career high was 33 points in a game. His career high in rebounds was 18 in a game. Um, so definitely did not live up to the hype of being the second overall prick by the Hawks. I think those Hawks teams of the late 2000s, when you think of, you know, Horford and Josh Smith, could have probably really used Darren Williams or Chris Paul, what that could have been. But that's Marvin Williams for you. Next up, Leonardo Barbosa. Um, I loved him coming out. He he came from Brazil. Um, so I was a huge fan. And and you might be like, why are you a huge fan coming out of Brazil? One, this is a weird thing about me. Brazil flag, all-time flag, right? All-time flag. But one of my best friends is from Brazil. Um, always found it very, you know, I, I feel like maybe when I, especially when I was younger, like someone being from Brazil playing basketball to me seemed very like very foreign. You know, Europe was a much bigger thing when I was growing up. Uh, South America, not so much. And even to this day, really not so much. So anytime anyone's coming from Brazil or Argentina, there's a little more intrigue to me, at least about them. And Barbosa came out and he was someone who was very good in the NBA. He he won an NBA championship in 2015 with the Warriors. Um, he had a number of great years in the Phoenix Suns. Those um, kind of seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns team uh, with Steve Nash. He was like the sixth man that would kind of spell Nash, but honestly play alongside him as well. He actually won sixth man of the year um, with the Suns in 2007, averaging 18 points a game, shooting 43% from three. 
And, you know, he put up some good numbers in the playoffs at times. He averaged 21 points a game in the first round against the Lakers in 2007 for some of those Suns teams that were going um, pretty far. So uh, Barbosa, a very serviceable point guard throughout the NBA, um, you know, played for the Brazil national team. And a guy I just kind of really love, an instant offense off the bench. I would say like Jamal Crawford light in terms of kind of that scoring punch you want off the bench. Uh, and again, has a six man of the year award. Uh, he won a ring. So Barbosa, big fan shot 39% from three for his career. Uh, he would excel even more in today's NBA if he were to come out today. So um, shout out to Barbosa. Always a big fan. Uh, he will be eligible for the 2024 class. And I can't say I know his international career that long. Well, I, I know he retired from the NBA in 2017, went to go play professionally in Brazil for a couple of years. I believe he played for the international team as well. Um, I don't know how great he did there. I don't know if he could ever get as an international, you know, candidate, but very serviceable NBA career. Um, and a guy I always really, you know, like coming out of Brazil. Number three, we're down to Corey Brewer now, another NBA champion. He won with the Mavs, even though he didn't play in that championship um, in 2011. He did play on that team. I think Corey Brewer more for two other things. One, he was on those Florida national championship teams. He won two national championships alongside Joakim Noah and Al Horford. Um, so I think of him more of a college guy. But he also is on my Mount Rushmore of most random players to drop 50 points in a game. You know, this is a guy who was not a scorer in the NBA. He was a defensive guy. But on April 11th, 2014, as a member of the T-Wolves, he dropped 51 points on the Rockets. His career high before that 51-point game outburst was 29 points. And that was the year before. So before that, he had never even broached 30. And he's like, I don't care about 30. I don't care about 40. I'm going for 51 on the Rockets. So I remember Corey Brewer for that random 51-point performance and first time on the, uh, the Florida Gators. Not really for most of his time in the NBA, but he was a journeyman who played for many teams. Um, does have a ring, but again, I think of the Florida championship teams and I think of that 50-point performance uh, when he was on the T-Wolves. Number four is someone I probably should have higher on the list. I put him down at four, though. Um, Andrew Bogut, the... Number one overall pick in the 2005 NBA draft. This is a guy who's the starting center on that championship Warriors team in 2015. So before Durant came, you know, it's Steph, it's Clay, it's Draymond, it's Harrison Barnes, it's Andrew Bogart. And uh, this guy's an Australian a guy who made uh, all NBA third team in 2010. So this guy definitely probably should have been a first on the list. Only guy to have an accolade anywhere close to that. In 2010, he was very good. I mean, he had a very good career, 16-10, two assists on that third team, 2.5 blocks. He made the all-defensive team that year. He also led the NBA in blocks the following year with 2.6 blocks per game. He was a 10-9-2 guy for his career. I always remember him as a very good passer, uh, a very good screener, huge body, um, and a very serviceable starting center. I mean, all-NBA third team is nothing to, you know, look over. It's top 15 guy, a top three center in the league, at least in 2010. Uh, so ring and all NBA third team Booger should probably be at the top of this list, but Hey, shout out to Marvin Williams. I gave you that 
And again, think of that 2005 draft. It went Andrew Bogert, Marvin Williams, Darren Williams. Forgot who went four. And then Chris Paul. Who went four that year? I got to look that up right now because that's kind of failing me here. Was it someone really good or was it someone really bad? Let's see here. 2005 NBA draft. If you know in your head, you're a better man than me, better man or woman than me. Let's see here. It was taking way too long to do this. Apologize. Oh, okay. So I got it wrong. It went Andrew Bogert, Marvin Williams, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, Ramian Felton. So Paul went fourth. Hmm. For some reason, I always went, they went fifth. Weird. Okay. Anyway. So besides the point, number fifth, on this list is another second overall pick like Marvin Williams, but this was in the 2010 draft. So obviously his career ended a lot quicker. And it's the guy brought up in the beginning, Evan Turner, someone who I was really high on coming out of Ohio state. He was six, seven, seemed like an instant triple double guy. Um, went to the Sixers looked like he might be something, but was kind of failing to catch on, but never really did much. He was a career 10, five, four guy. Uh, again, his third year in Philly went 13, six and four. Had a number of triple doubles during his career, but got that big tr- contract out in Portland and just kind of fell out of favor. Never really did much in the NBA. He did a lot of things okay, but nothing really great. Was never could really never find his abilities to score. Was never the passer I thought he was gonna be. I was thought he could be like a point forward, like a Scotty Pippen. I can't even believe I just threw that name out there, but that's kind of what I thought. Like six seven, could pass, could rebound, could score. Not in the same conversation, Scotty Pippen. So not in the same world as Sky Pippen, let me be clear. So Evan Turner rounds out that list. So you can imagine after that, the next few are really like, we're talking Aaron Brooks, Thabo Sevalosha, Anderson Verjao. Those are kind of the guys after these next five out that are part of that 2024 class as well. So that's basketball. Finally, let's do football. There's a lot of names here. So for the 2024 uh, Football Hall of Fame class, the newcomers for the nominees here, some big-time headliners here. The top two guys, Julius Peppers, Antonio Gates. Wow. Some all-timers there. They will both definitely get episodes. They both definitely, I think you can guess what I'm going to say about them. Eric Berry is also a part of this 2024 class. I actually just did an episode of Nate Taylor on him, episode 168. Great episode. Go check that out. Other names that will get episodes that are kind of, you know, big names on this class. I should have practiced this name before the podcast by fault. <laughs> Nose tackle, Baltimore Ravens. I know a lot more about this guy than his actual, how to pronounce his name, Haladi Nagata. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that. I'm butchering that Ravens fans, but you know who I'm talking about. Big man up the middle, great nose tackle in the league for many years. All those Ravens teams. He's up for the Hall of Fame for the first time in 2024. Jamal Charles, great running back um, out of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's like the highest yards per carry of any running back in NFL history. It's wild. So he's on there. Brandon Marshall. Great receiver, Josh Sin, uh, Derek Johnson. Gosh, a lot of Kansas City guys here. And Andrew Luck wrote about in my Substack last week. Should we talk about Andrew Luck with the Hall of Fame? I get my views pretty clear there. Go check that out if you don't 
follow it already, but Andrew Luck will get a podcast episode. Since Nate Taylor on my pod the other day said, Andrew Luck will definitely get in the Hall of Fame. Not because Nate Taylor thinks he should get in, but because that's what's going to happen. I don't buy that, but I'll do an episode. So the next five out. So what I will say is the Football Hall of Fame doing this exercise, right? The next five out for football is so much better than for baseball or for basketball. I don't know what that tells you. You can read that however you want. But here's the next five out for football. And I'm going to do the five after that out because there's so many. Um, First five out, Kyle Williams, a six-time pro bowler. A six-time pro bowler is next five out here. I'm not going to do an episode prior to this guy. Maybe I will, though. Six-time pro bowl is a lot. But next five out, six-time pro bowler. He was a nose tackle for Buffalo for many years. Made an all-pro all team, 48.5 career sacks, which as a nose tackle for most of his career is very impressive. Um, I don't know. Six Pro Bowls probably warrants an episode, so maybe he should have been that at first list. But right now he's on my next five out. Probably won't get to him. Jordy Nelson, longtime Packers, wide receiver, killed my Bears. 8,587 receiving yards, 72 receiving touchdowns. That's more receiving touchdowns than Michael Irvin. Michael, Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin, Cowboys. More more receiving touchdowns than Michael Irvin. So one-time Pro Bowler, won a Super Bowl with the uh, Packers, an AP All-Pro second-teamer. Jordy Nelson probably won't get an episode because I won't have the time. That's next five outs. So Kyle Williams, six-time Pro Bowler. Jordy Nelson, 72 touchdowns. Not good enough for an episode. That's the talent level with football here. And I named a ton of players I'm going to do episodes for. And still, we've got Kyle Williams and Jordy Nelson starting us out here. Max Unger, um, you know, offensive lineman for the Seahawks for a number of years. Three-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro first-teamer. Best at his position, first-teamer, Super Bowl champ. Not going to get an episode. Uh, still was the best at his position for a year. It's not bad at all. Brent Grimes, great cornerback for many years, four-time Pro Bowler, 33 career picks, one-time AP All-Pro second-teamer, 140 passes defended, NFL leading 24 in 2016. I remember him having some great seasons with the Falcons in Miami and with Tampa. I mean, this was a guy who was one of the better corners in the league for a number of years. Probably not going to get an episode. And finally, last five out. Think, okay. Think of my last five out for baseball. It was Phil Hughes. Think of my last five out for basketball is Evan Turner. My last five out for football here is Brian Arakbo. I'm, I'm sure you know who that is. Outside linebacker, Washington, Tennessee, four-time pro bowler, 66 career sacks, three-time double-digit sacks at outside linebacker. He's my fifth guy out. I'm probably not going to get to episode him. Four-time pro bowler, 66 sacks again. That's the level of talent when it comes to football. Now, let me list, let me list the other names that we're not going to go in depth for, but I had to leave out. I, I had to really look at these next five out for football. When it came to basketball and baseball, I was like really, really digging deep to be like, okay, who deserves these spots? I had to really focus at football. Here's some other names. Doug Martin, running back, right? Tampa, he was a first-team All-Pro one year. Muhammad Wilkerson, he made two All-Pro second teams. I probably should have been in the top five. He was here. Adam Pacman Jones, I know you know who that was. Reggie Nelson made two Pro Bowl safety. 
Sebastian Janikowski, he only made one Pro Bowl somehow. He's like one of the most famous kickers in my life for some reason. Um, I don't know if it's because he's 6'5", 260, he was a giant. I don't know if it's all the stories I heard about him. I don't know what it was, but I, this guy hit like 60-yard field goals. It goes, no one's business, hit a huge leg. I would love to do an episode on Sebastian Janikowski. I probably won't. Um, Leon Hall, Jonathan Stewart, 51 rushing touchdowns. Couldn't even give him an honorable mention. Vontae Davis was a two-time Pro Bowler. Doug Baldwin, Super Bowl champion on Seattle, 49 touchdowns, two Pro Bowls. TJ Lang, Packers lineman, two Pro Bowls, Super Bowl champ. Sam Shields, Super Bowl champ, one-time Pro Bowl. A lot of football players. A lot of football players I'm not going to get anywhere near close to talking about. Um eligible now in 2024. So I think that shows the depth of talent when it comes to the football hall of fame. I think sometimes, you know, when I think of what hall of fame is hardest to get into, baseball is always going to be the hardest in my mind, but football is a close second because there's so many positions and yes, they elect more every year than baseball does, but there's a lot of different positions fighting for these spots and I think this exercise kind of shows that. And then basketball might show the opposite because basketball inducts like earlier 12 people this year. And I got, you know, Tyson Chandler is my second leading man in the 2024 newcomers hall for the hall of fame class behind Vince Carter with Kyle Corver, Joe Kimno and Jamal Crawford getting episodes a little different there. So anyway, um, that kind of wraps up the, 2024 preview i hope you enjoyed it i hope you have an idea of some upcoming episodes i'm going to talk about again the names i brought up today are just not you know only going to be the episodes coming up it's just the great thing about this podcast right is i have so many players from the past i still need to do yet every year i get all these newcomers and this will only continue to happen which why, when anyone asks me, like, what are you going to do when you run out of players? Well, today I just named well over a dozen new names from this past class. I mean, let me think about it here. The names I talked about doing, I talked about doing at least five more basketball players uh, for the 2024 class. For baseball, 10 new players. And I know I've done some of these players before, so I guess not that many, but I have all these new people coming in this year and I have all the people from the past I still haven't covered yet. Combine the book club episodes, which are picking up and other specials I do. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm never running out of topics here. So if you're worried about that, do not be worried. So that is all we have for you today. Uh, if you don't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, follow us on Twitter at Pot of Fame. Follow our Substack called Past, Present, Future. Doing some great stuff on there. Uh, if you've done all of that, you have done your homework. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next Monday. Take care. And the world